is so cool. I'm so glad for those of you who are here for the first time, because that's why we exist, and for those of us who are here on the first day, and uh, I just, um, uh, it's been an amazing week for me, amazing morning even as I've just sat and thought through uh, these last six years. Uh, This last week, I just went and sat in the Red Warehouse. How many of you have never even been in the Red Warehouse? Okay, okay, because that's where we did everything. That's where where we started and where we launched and um, just saw God do so, so many incredible things. And, um, and here we are, uh, six years old. We just finally have reached elementary school, okay? So we've got a long way to go, man. We are, we are just creeping in to figuring out what we're about and what we're doing here. And uh, how many of you like road trips? Anybody like road trips? Okay, man. Oh, sweet. We all do. I mean, I, I would say almost every one of us rose your hand. I love them. And one of the things that's so cool about a road trip is, uh, is just you, after you've been to beautiful places and you even just look in your rear view mirror and you can celebrate what God has done and you're just the trip that you've been on. But man, to know that there's a road ahead and I just, I, the way I'm wired, I love the new thing. I love the next thing. I can't wait to see where we're going. And what's so interesting though, is I, I feel like at K2, that's it, obviously, we're on a spiritual road trip. <laughs> that's where we are. And what I want to share with you today is the road ahead. You know, where are we going to be at seven years old? And what experiences are we going to have this year? Well, obviously, you have no idea. You have no idea what's going to happen in a year. It's wild because I feel like right now, sometimes, I can tell you this, before we launched, the road was really straight and you could just see, we knew exactly what God was going to do, what, what we thought God was going to do. And then right when we hit our launch date, it's like the road took a 90 degree turn on us. You know, we had 623 people show up on our first day. And it just, we were like, what are you doing here? Yeah, I mean, it was just, it just freaked us out. And I know for me right now, I just, I just feel like the road that we're on is like this. And it's taking us on turns and hills. And, and when you're on a road like that, you have no idea what's coming around. You ever been a road on like that? But the one thing you do know is you're on the right road. You're on the right road. And the one thing I can say is I know we're on the right road. And even though we might not know what's ahead, there are a few things that I want to tell you. The first thing I want to look at today is we are, we're our little mantra, right? We got three things. If you've been here for a while, go ahead and say it with me. We are focused. All right, focus tighten out there. So here we are. Let me just talk to you a little bit about focused. Why are we here today? And why are any of us here today? Um, as I sat, I literally had to, I was sitting on my bed this week, and I thought about this, and this was one of the few moments where I just feel like something just got laid into my lap. Let me just tell you why we're here today. We're here because about 2,000 years ago, a baby was born. And, and its mom was a virgin, no sexual intercourse, and yet pregnant. And we learned that this baby was actually conceived by the Holy Spirit of God. And that when this baby was born, and as it grew up and became a man, that that man walked this planet like no other man ever has before. And what he did was a really audacious thing. He actually claimed to be like God in the flesh, claim to be divine. Now, if you run into anybody today and they make those claims, what do you do? Yeah, yeah, you run away, man. You, you just go, okay, great. You don't give them the time of day. 
I mean, you look at them and you go, you got to be absolutely crazy. And yet, this man's outrageous claims cause thousands of people to follow him. Think about that. If a man today said he was God, we wouldn't give him the time of day. But when this man said he was God, thousands decided to follow him. And it wasn't just his claims, it was the life that he lived. The things that Jesus Christ taught were so brilliant that even today, all around the world, people will say, what Jesus Christ taught, if only the world would live that way, it'd be amazing. The people who were against him, the people who were the sharpest religious leaders of the day, they so wanted to challenge him, and every time he'd come back with his teaching, he'd just shut them up. Now, now does that seem like a lunatic? That's not a lunatic. This is somebody that when he taught, and they, everybody said, man, when this guy teaches, he, doesn't, he teaches like nobody else. There's authority that actually comes with his words. And then this man with that type of intellect and that teaching loved like nobody else loved. People who were so far away from the religious people that the religious culture would have nothing to do. Sinners thought that Jesus was their best friend. I mean, you're talking about the people that nobody else loved, all the the people who felt like they were outcasts of the society and nobody else cared about them. They were the ones that felt like Jesus loved them. This guy was like nobody else, and his love was pure and it was holy. And when those things came together, this love that he had and the teaching that he had, and people actually embraced those things, their lives changed. And they started to actually find what it meant to be human. Really, what it meant to be human. And they became alive and they started to become who God really created them to be. And then this man had power like nobody else. In fact, I was just starting to read again in, in, in uh, Matthew. And it says he healed every type of disease. People who were paralyzed and people who were blind. He had all this authority. He actually had authority over nature. And people would go, okay, wait a second. <laughs> Who is this guy that he actually commands the wind and the waves and they listen to him? Have you ever tried that? Stop. You know, and and he stopped him. And then he had authority to multiply food and he had authority over the spiritual realm where the demonic oppression that people would be under, Christ would say the word and they'd have to flee. So he had the power, he had teaching and love and power. And then he had ethics and morality that nobody could find anything wrong with him. So when they wanted to get rid of him, they're like, okay, let's, well, since we can't have any witness against him. Can you imagine that? Anybody in here claim, could you do that? Could you get up and say, I have, this guy's never done anything wrong. I mean, none of us have a prayer in that. And yet when they tried to put Jesus on trial, they actually had to bring up false witnesses because they couldn't find one thing he had ever done wrong. That's unbelievable to me. And then he's the fulfillment of prophecy. Stuff spoken 700 years before him, a thousand years before him claiming that that God was eventually going to send the Messiah. And this Messiah was going to actually save people from his sin, from their sins. And Jesus comes along on the scene and he goes, hey, by the way, when he reads the passage in Isaiah and everybody knows what he's reading, he goes, um, it's talking about me. (laughs) Now again, you'd go, you're a lunatic. And yet Jesus made it very clear. I came for one reason. 
I came to, one main reason, yes, to show you what it's like to be in relationship with the Father, to show you what morality and what is good and right, to show you how to love, to show you all the stuff. But ultimately, I came for one reason, and that's because you needed a Savior. Because you were stuck in your sin, and it's keeping you separated from God. And then he went ahead. The righteous man who loved everybody, who never did anything wrong, is nailed to a cross. The most unjust, hideous trial you could ever read about. And he willingly did it. It says because he loved you. And because he wanted to take your sin on his body and receive all the punishment that you deserve for your sin on him as the Savior of the world. And then it gets really good. Because there was no sin in him that after he died, death couldn't hold him down and he rose again from the grave. This is, this is it right here, you guys. This is where rubber hits the road. I've never been to a funeral where somebody finally just decided to pop up and say, just kidding. Jesus Christ, the reason we're here is because we believe that God came in the flesh. And after he died, he rose again. And right now, in this moment, right now, he is seated at the right hand of God and he's interceding for us. And if anyone, anyone would believe this and believe that this was the Christ, the Messiah, and put their faith in him, he says, then I will come and make my home within you and there will be a spiritual transaction that will take place in your life and you'll never be the same again. You will be born of the Spirit of God with eternal life inside of you. And every moment of every day, you now have the chance to live the life that God created you to live in relationship with God. That's why we're here. And that's why when we say we're focused, we are absolutely just lasered, tried to say, I want to know Jesus Christ, period. Now, I want, sure, I want marriages to work and I want you to be free from the stuff that's distracting you. But the key to all of life, he says, Jesus said, eternal life is this, that you would know the one true God in Jesus whom he sent. And, and, and at K2, I can tell you this, I don't know how the road's gonna go in 2010 and 11, but I can tell you this, we're on the right road. Because whatever we do, every Sunday morning you gather here, we're going to try to help you just to see Jesus. And every Life Together group we have, every Continue the Conversation group, we get together so we have a chance just that Jesus might show up in our midst. Every week we get up here and we provide Bibles for free and we have soap journals that are out there to help you to know how to read the scripture so that you can figure out who Jesus Christ is. Our Adventure Canyon, our fusion and vertical and roots and encounter. You guys, everything we're going to do this year is to give you an opportunity to know Christ because if you'll get to know Christ, then you'll know life like you've never known it before. And I don't care if your life stinks today or if your life is great today. When you add Christ to it, it goes to a whole nother level. And so I just want to tell you, this year, um, over my dead body, <laughs> we're going to be about Jesus. Because we believe that 2,000 years ago, he came into this world, and he was God in the flesh, and he's our Savior, and he's alive today to live in us. All right? We got so much to do. That's all I can say about that. Okay?
I should have done that in Forrest Gump language. Would have been more funny. Um, So there's the deal. We're going to be focused. Now, let me move to the next thing. We say we're going to be tight, and here's why. Because Jesus said, hey, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And you know what my command is? Love each other. Love each other. And so we're going to move into that reason that we're tight. And we're going to just celebrate uh, by showing you one small group's experience of being tight together. So let's watch this together. All right, it's me now. I get to talk to you about tight, being tight with each other. What a great example this group is of, of really um, being tight in community, caring for each other, loving each other. And I know that uh, it can be a challenge to be tight like that in a church that has grown to our size. It's easy, I know, for, for many of you or some of you to slip in here on Sunday morning and slip back out uh, unnoticed. And for some of you, that's welcoming. That's that by the time you get to your car, you're like, whew, I made it in and out again without being, being uh, noticed or talked to. But, but, uh, but for many of you, I know it isn't. It's amazing how many people I meet still after having been here for two years. And I ask them, oh, are you new? No, we've been here for a year. And, and we don't know each other yet. And so we, we want to be a church that is tight where we do life together. And I think we live in a culture that's pretty obvious that is becoming more and more anonymous, isn't it? I mean, we can almost go through a week and do everything we need to do without actual interaction with people. And it it leads to a major problem in, in our culture, and that is loneliness. And that's because we weren't made to live anonymous lives. We were not created to live on our own and be self sufficient. We were created for community with each other. It's part of what God has laid into you in his creation design is a desire and a need, a deep-seated need for community with other people. It started at the very beginning, at the creation uh, account in Genesis. Um, When God creates, every day he goes through the things he creates and he looks at everything he's made. And what does he say each day after after looking at what he's created? He said, what? It's good. It's good. All right, let's move on to the next thing. And then he creates Adam... The man, the, the, the crown of creation, and he says what? He says, it's not good. <laughs> and, and all the women go, amen. <laughs> so, but when he said that, it wasn't about Adam. It wasn't that Adam wasn't good. You know what he said wasn't good? It's not good that Adam be alone. It wasn't good for Adam to be alone, and it's not good for you to be alone. It's not good for you to be alone in the midst of all these people here at K2. We want you not to be alone, but we want you to be known. Isn't there something comforting about somebody unexpectedly coming and addressing you by your name? Say, hey, Bill, good to see you. Hey, Jim. When I started college in South Carolina, I uh, went to a Bible college here called Columbia Bible College. They had about maybe 500 freshmen every year. And I remember the first day walking on campus, the dean of, of the school, um, I forget his name now, which is horrible, because my illustration is about him knowing my name. But, um, <laughs> so I walked onto campus, and Dr. Bayer, Bayer was his name. I forget his first name. Anyway, but he made it a point every year to look through the prospective students, the pictures and the names, and memorize every student's name. And so I remember walking on that campus for the first time, had just moved from Germany, knew nobody, 
And he came up to me and said, hey, Christian, it's good to have you. There's something comforting about that. Someone here knows me. And I just recently heard the story of someone who had attended here for maybe a year and a half or more and finally took the step into a Life Together group, one of our small groups. And on the first Sunday after visiting that group was the first Sunday they walked in here and were actually welcomed by name and were known by somebody and mentioned it the next time in the group. Said, man, I came there and someone actually knew me. And it just added a new level of, of, of a sense of being home and welcome and, and of comfort in this community. We want to be known, and we need to be known. You know, one thing is, is very clear. We talk about this all the time, that God knows you, and he loves you. But you know what? We want to know you too, and we want to love you too. And so I just want to encourage you, if you've lived kind of an anonymous life here at K2, would you take the step and make the effort to make yourself known, to introduce yourself. And, and those of us that consider K2 our home, would you, would you allow somebody to come into your home, in your actual home, and just kind of roam around your house, come in and out unnoticed, ungreeted, unwelcomed? If K2 is your church, it is your church home, and it's our responsibility to welcome and, and greet people and get to know the people that are coming to have community with us. Have you greeted somebody here this morning? Somebody you don't know. Do you know the person sitting next to you? Ooh, now it gets scary, doesn't it? Hey, I just want to challenge you. If you don't know the person sitting next to you, don't leave here keeping it that way, would you? See, tight, when we talk about tight, often we talk about our life together groups. But, but tight, living tight doesn't, doesn't start at our life together groups. It starts here on Sunday morning. It starts when you drive into the parking lot and hopefully you're greeted by a parking lot attendant or finally at least at the door you're welcomed and you get a handshake and, and, and then the greeters will give you a program or the, the coffee that's being served to you. That's the beginning of tight. And if K2 is your church, it is our church, it's our responsibility to let tight begin here and get to know people. Dave told me the story recently of a good friend who attends a church in Kentucky, and they've just made it part of their DNA that everyone who considers it their church, it's part of their responsibility to greet people, to make them feel welcome at their church. And his friend drives to church praying in the morning, saying, God, who do you want me to encounter this morning at church? Send me to that person. Give me the right words. Can you imagine, guys, if we were all to, to come to church with that prayerful attitude? Say, God, I know you have an encounter for me today. And it doesn't matter if that's a new person here or somebody that's been here for a while, but God, lead me to the person that needs to be greeted and known this morning and welcomed. Man, if we, if we could do that, can you imagine just the tightness that would begin here on the Sunday morning, how people would feel welcomed here? We need to be known and we need to know others. And then comes the next step, and that is that we need to be cared for and we need to care for others. Now, the Bible constantly uses the illustration of describing us as a church, as a body. And what do we do as a body? We take care of each other's parts, don't we? I mean, if I see something's wrong, all my other body parts go into motion to fix what's wrong and meet that need. This Friday, my eyes looked in the mirror and saw that hair needs cutting badly. And you see, it happened. So what happened? My eyes saw the need. My feet went into action. I walked down the stairs. I walked to the car. My hand opened the door. The other hand put the key in the ignition. My foot stepped on the pedal. My arms and hands steered me to a hairdresser. 
And I walked in, my mouth told him what I needed, and it got taken care of, didn't it? <laughs> See, now that, it's a really silly illustration, but that's what we're supposed to do as a body of Christ. We're supposed to see the needs, and, and everybody plays a different part in meeting those needs, but we're supposed to come together and do that for each other. Can you imagine if we as a church were to recognize the needs and then we go into action, everybody exercising the gift that God's given them and the passion that's God given you, and we come together to meet those needs? That's community. That's what the Bible tells us to do, to care for each other. There's a whole series of verses in the Bible that are called the one another verses. And at some point, I would love to do a series on these one another verses because they describe what we're supposed to do with and for each other. And I just want to read a few to you that apply to this. Romans, well, I'll spare you the, the, the references now for time's sake, but it tells us to build one another up, to accept one another, to correct one another, to care for one another, to serve one another, to bear one another's burdens, to forgive one another, and then to greet one another with a holy kiss, but we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> but you see, all these things, this serving each other, caring for each other, can only happen if what takes place? It can only happen if we know each other. We can only care for each other if, we, if we're in community with each other. It can only happen if we're tight with each other. And then, after being known and being cared for, we need to be developed spiritually. And I don't know about you, but most of my, actually I could probably say all of my spiritual growth has come in the context of community and relationship with people who knew me and who cared for you. See, if you know each other and you care for each other, you love each other, then you will automatically have a concern for each other's spiritual growth. And that's part of what our community needs to be aimed at. See, we're focused. We're focused on Jesus. And in community, we want to be focused on each other becoming more and more like Jesus. See, in my life, my wife, my friends, my, my co-workers, we, they, we, I have people in my life who are my community who know me and care for me and have the freedom to challenge me to speak truth to my life, into my life, to encourage me, to help me grow more and more like Jesus and to grow spiritually. Acts chapter 2 verse 42 describes how the early church lived this tightness. And I want to read that for you real quick. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, so the word of God, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread. See, food is always involved, right? And to prayer. And then it goes in and spells out how that worked out and how they cared for each other. But see, it's, the, these elements are all in here. They knew each other. They obviously cared for each other. Oftentimes they pooled resources to meet each other's needs. And they were committed to the Word of God, committed to prayer, committed to each other's spiritual growth. That's the kind of church that we want to be. That's the kind of tightness that we want to have here. But again, it takes that first step of knowing each other. It takes, the step for me is to make an effort to get to know you. And maybe your next step is to allow us to know you. To make, make yourself known and take the first step into community. And there's lots of ways here at K2 for you to be tight. 
You know, if a small group, if a life together group is, is too, a too big a step for you, too intimate, then, then maybe one of our serving teams is a great way to, to start getting to know people. Whether that's an Adventure Canyon or Connections, the parking lot, there's lots of ways, arts, to, to find a place where you, can, where you can invest your gifts and start getting to know people. We have K2U on Wednesday. It starts this Wednesday night, actually, the fall series of, of more in-depth Bible study where you can pursue Jesus together with other people. Obviously, there is life together groups and that you can join and then also another great way to get tight is the third part of our mission of focused tight to be out there together to go to pioneer park together and and serve together just want to again encourage you if you want that kind of experience that you saw on that video in that group it takes it takes a step Um, it takes a step for all of us but we want to be a community that's tight, where we know each other, where we care for each other, and where we grow spiritually together. Thank you. Uh, isn't that cool to see all that stuff, you guys? I, I, isn't that cool to see all that stuff, you guys? <laughs> okay, I just don't. I'm serious, man. I just sit there and I just go, thank you, God, that that's just who you are. Um, cause really when we, when we, the whole reason we came up with focus Titan out there, you guys is in essence, no matter what the church has been for 2000 years, it's been that. And all it is, is what, this is what's so interesting is all it is, is Jesus. See, because when, when you're the body of Christ, then you're supposed to look like Christ. And so Christ loved his father. I mean, he loved him and he did whatever he asked him to do. And so that's why we're focused because Christ was focused. And then Jesus, as I already said, he has loved people so much and he just comes to try to bring us together. And so if we actually are Christ, then we love each other here and we come together. But this third component of being out there, this is the stuff that we started this church, you guys. And we all moved from, from Michigan to Salt Lake City. I mean, yeah, I'm serious. Yeah, we, you always have to laugh at that, you know. And, and Luther's over here now, he's, he's, who uh, gave me the call to consider doing this. And, and, and it was just a nutty idea for us to move and leave everything and come out and start this. But, but that's what you do because Jesus left his home. He left heaven where everything was like perfect. And he said, I'm going to go down there and it's going to be a mess. And it's going to be really painful. But I love you so much, man. And this is what we find out about Christ. He was never about himself. Ever. And see, that's what, when we talk about being out there, what we're talking about is this heart that gets so bent towards us that needs to just be bent out again to love God and to love each other and to care about the world. And so, so that, and again, I, I can tell you, we're pretty clear here, a few things we're going to be doing as far as out there. Um, we have local stuff that we're doing. You guys saw the open door up there. How many of you have actually participated in the open door in here? Okay. In the past, we've actually had too many people in the open door that we actually had to close it off because they couldn't take anymore. But this year, we do have some openings. And what the open door is, you guys, is right over here, right next to us. Uh, There are many people who come from around the world who are refugees right here who get dropped off into Salt Lake City. And what we're doing is every Monday afternoon, it's an after-school program, where we're helping these kids to, to get acclimated and to get connected into the culture and to love them. There are four things that happen on the night. There's just some fun games to help you to get connected to the kids. And then reading because we've got to figure out this English deal, and you sit down and you just read to them and help them to grow in the reading skills, and then they have crafts and just a bunch of fun things that they create, and then we actually provide them dinner so that there's a nice meal. 
And this year, there are openings, and especially in the arts area, in the arts and crafts. They just need a couple people to help lead that. They need four people to help the reading, just to sit down. And, and I know all of us can do that. If that would be something you'd be interested, and then they could use a couple cooks. And so just want to let you know, if that's something that would interest you uh, on Monday afternoons, hopping over to the open door. Uh, then every month we head home, uh, down to uh, Pioneer Park and we provide a meal for those, for those who are less fortunate and who are on the streets maybe and homeless. We do a chapel service every month at the rescue mission down here and we could love to have people come. I think there's a lot more we could do as far as providing a meal for them after that. Um, K2 Acts, which is our own kind of homegrown thing that we have right here to, to make sure that we're taking care of each other's needs. And many of you have given to that, and we actually take a portion out of the general offering, and we just set it aside so that if anybody has a major need right within our own community, that we can take care of those things. Because that's just what Jesus does. He, he's constantly looking out and saying, how can we care? How can we help people's needs? And so we're going to be doing that. And then Kids Against Hunger. How many of you guys have done Kids Against Hunger? All right, awesome, way to go, that is fantastic. And, and this is kind of our transition where we, we uh, some of the food that gets packed, we send right over there, <laughs> right in next door so that people can get taken care of. But a lot of our stuff goes all around the world. And as you saw the box right there in Manila, that we get to actually choose where our food goes. And so every month, again, we're right in here on a Saturday morning and we're packing up because we're actually thinking about the world. The expeditions, uh, which we call them, into the world, because Jesus said, hey, go into all the nations. Just go into all the nations. And so we've actually made uh, some partnerships. And uh, a new one for us is Manila. And we have a team that's going to be heading out on October 18th, just a few weeks uh, from right now. A new team is going to be heading down to Manila, uh, where Carmine and Angie Leone, which were a couple that really, really got their life with Christ started here at K2 and have just grown up. And they sense God's call so much that they literally sold everything quit their jobs, and now live in Manila uh, just because they know that God has called them to care about the world. So we'll be sending people to Manila. Um, Ethiopia, uh, which is we just, it's a brand new partnership for us. We're, we're working with another church in California, and we're coming alongside the Orthodox Church there has allowed us to come and provide the needs for the students there as well as some of the teachers to get a master's level program going. So we have a chance to be, actually have an impact on all the priests that are being trained up in Ethiopia that will go into the whole nation, which is just unbelievable to me, the opportunities that we have there. And many of these priests have nothing. They have like one change of clothes if they're lucky. And it's our, so we're just, we're a brand new partnership just getting going in Ethiopia. And then Honduras is the other place where we've been going for years and just developed a neat, neat partnership. And just know that the neighborhood we were working in, when we first went down there, you couldn't even go into it. It was so unsafe that we couldn't walk in. And now, through the ministry of the church down there and our partnership with the kids' programs that they've done, now we are actually going into the homes in the area and putting clean water and ministering to them. It's just been a fantastic thing. So some of you, maybe this year is your year where you just go, you know what? I haven't done anything for anyone less fortunate in a long time. And obviously, you can see there are so many opportunities, if you, whether it's just coming and joining us right next door here, or whether it's taking an opportunity to go out for a week or longer into the world. And so uh, I just want to encourage you that that's going to be part of what we're about here, because that's what Jesus was about, leaving his place and coming into our world. And that, let me just read that. Matthew chapter 20, verse 28 says this, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. 
And you guys, as we sit here as a church, and I know many of you are visiting and you're, you're checking out Christianity, that's fine. But if you're part of the church, if you're a follower of Christ here, one of the coolest things for us to know is that our God is one who didn't come to be served, but he came to serve. And then what's interesting is he says, and just as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. This is another verse we've looked at quite a bit. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. It says this, And Christ died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So I just want to, I just, one of the things I just wanted to remind us of, if you're part, again, if you're part of our community, if you have Christ inside you, then you have the one inside of you who says, you know what, I don't come to be served, but I come to serve. You are the one as well who has a call on your life to be sent, sometimes next door, sometimes around the world. And the last thing I want to help you guys see is also right here. Part of our out there at K2, it's, it was to create a Sunday experience that anybody could come to. For years, I think the church created Sunday morning experiences that were just for the church. And if you weren't a part of that, you kind of felt like, you know, you had to kind of look in and it wasn't really for you. And we just, we really wanted to say, you know what, we want, as what times, sometimes we've said, we want to be a church without walls. <laughs> and we just want to bust the walls down. And we want to say, you know what, we love you. Man, if you don't follow Christ, if you don't believe in him today, we love you. And we're so glad that you're here. But part of the deal is for us, who are followers of Christ, and Christian did a great job explaining part of that, is to then make this the best possible experience that we can make it. Now, if you guys will look around, just kind of look around in this, in this building here right now, you're going to see a seat here, two there, a couple here, there's one. Yeah, there are seats here who are available. But when you hit 80%, like if someone walks in right now, from the back, the first thing that happens is like, oh, you know, and immediately you feel like, I don't know if there's room for me. 80% of a room full makes it feel full. This is the first service. Second service usually has about 40 to 50 more people than this one, which means there are even less chairs in this place. So there's a couple things that we just need to let you know. We are so committed as a church to say if anybody wants to take a step into this place, we're going to make sure that there's room for them, okay? Now, I just want to tell you, two weeks ago, we met with some consultants who... We finally just felt like, man, we need some people to give us an outside perspective on what we're doing and what we need to be doing. And it was a great two full days. They're actually showing up again tomorrow to help us to think this through. Because and I, what I, I was hoping on this day, I'd give you a clear answer of here's where we're going and this is what we're going to do. And, um, but I can't. So I'm not going to. Um, but I, what I do want to share with you is sometime in the very, very near future, Redbox will be open again, okay? Because it has to be open again. Because if we're about what Christ is about, can you imagine Jesus coming to church and going, just being about himself, walking into church and going, hey, this is good for me, you know, and then walking out? I, he, that just would never happen. And so what we need to do is we need to open up this place because more people, God always, even those of you guys who are here new today, you're, 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 you honor us by your presence. So we have two options. We might, we might do three services, like 9.30, 10.30, and 11.30, you know, and just kind of just crank it out and do it live all over the place. 
Or, as we've shared with you, we may totally increase the effectiveness of our video over there and just have this and video going live at 9.30 and at 11.30. And we're just thinking through all the implications of what that means. We just want to do the right thing and the best move, okay? So would you guys pray for us? We really need your prayer as we make this decision because I think we'll be making it really, really soon. So just be ready for that in the future, okay? Now here's the second thing that I want to share with you. Um, 50% of the time I'm here, and 50% of the time, I'm down at our South Campus. And I just want to tell you, man, every time I go down to that South Campus, I just, I just, I love it. I, it's weird, like, there's a, there's just a joy for me every time I'm there. And the people, our brothers and sisters, who are down there are just, have been such, have created such a great community. And I just, I really felt like we all did as a leadership. But I just felt like this morning, I need to ask you guys, that some of you who live South, okay, who actually live right by our South Campus, but you're coming up to this location to seriously pray and see if God might be leading you to minister. As, now, again, I'm not talking, if you go to church, that's one thing, but as a follower of Christ, to have a mission mindset that says, you know what, I'm going to help that campus thrive. The one that my neighbors live next to and the one that I, now I know some of you are here because of the mission and feel like God has called you to be here, and that's great, But I just want to say that I think God might be whispering to some of you who live down there to say, hey, come on. Come on down here and join me. In fact, I know Jeff's sitting right over there. Uh, He and his family popped down two weeks ago, and and their kids had such a blast at Adventure Canyon. They're like, can we come down here? You know, I mean, it was such an awesome experience that they want to be down there. I met another family that said the same thing, and I know others who are doing that. But I just felt like I need to go ahead and give that part of our call. If we're going to be the church that says, man, we're going to do whatever. We could, we could make some room for some people here just by enhancing what we're doing down at our South Campus. All right? And then the last thing I just want to say, and, and Christian already said it, and that is um, in Adventure Canyon and in our Connections team and in our arts team, auditions are coming up. You guys, for some reason, God won't stop drawing people to this church. Now, is that cool? I just, it's just amazing to me. But here's the deal. As the church, it's our responsibility to love the people that he's drawing. And I just got to tell you some realities so that we can do this year. In Adventure Canyon, my wife comes home every week, and there are never enough teachers in our kids' program, ever. Never. And I told Dave, I said, Dave, I'm up. If we need to start closing off classes, because this is how many teachers we have, so we can really minister our quit. Now, he's, I'm, that's my idea. It's not his. He's not buying that yet. But I just want to tell you, that program is so amazing. But we are not going to let our teachers get worn down because few people are carrying all the rest of everybody's kids. And so we've, we've got to increase that, or we have to make some changes, okay? And even, so in other words, there are so many great opportunities right here to say, Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve. And as the church this year to say, I'm going to make K2 the church rock. I'm going to be on that connections team so that every person who walks into this place is welcomed and loved. I'm going to make sure that the arts cranks, that the lights and the music and the video and the music is everything that God wants us to be. And you guys, the only way that that happens is as each one of us jumps in and does that. Okay, and then the last thing I want to share with you, because I just, uh, this is kind of like our state of the church address every year when we talk about the, about the church, is Christians celebrated our three-month challenge. You guys, you, you, on a weekly average, we were bringing in $27,000. And during the three-month challenge, we went up to $35,000. 
$8,000 increase and stayed there for the whole three months. Is that not, I mean, that is amazing. I mean, seriously, you guys really responded. It was awesome. Now, what that did is that allowed us to say, great, we can do what we feel like God has called us to do. Okay, now I just need to let you know. And when we brought that scripture out, God didn't look at the Israelites and say, hey, test me on this for three months. It's not in there, actually, if you, if you read that. Um, but apparently we did, because for the last month, we've only been bringing in 25. We, so follow that. We were at 27, went up to 35, and now we're down to 25. And, and so I'm not sure why that is. I, 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 obviously, we don't know what's going on, but I have to let you know this. If we stay at 25, then we can't continue to do what we're doing. And, and we just, we will. We, um, we're at a place where we'll have to cut more programs and more staff. And I just, I know that you guys who love this place are just, there's no way. But more importantly, who just love God and say, you know what, God, I'm in. I'm all in and I want to make this happen. And so I just need to ask you today as well. And again, if you're visiting, this is just our reality as a church. But if this is your home where you live and you live out your faith in Christ, then the reason that we give everything to Christ is because Christ has given everything to us. And just let it flow, and we will see God in this upcoming year do more than we could ever ask or imagine. And what is he doing? What is he doing? Let's go back to what I started with you guys. God is loving people. He is drawing them. He's setting them free from destructive patterns. He's healing relationships. He's filling their heart and their soul, and he's literally changing their lives. And that's why we do what we do. That's why we do what we do. That's why everything exists, because we believe somehow that's going to help a person engage more with Christ. And just to celebrate that, to think about this next year, and what's going to happen in your life this next year? And what's going to happen in your life and in your family? And because God is working in you, he loves you, and he wants to see amazing things happen in your life. Well, to stir that pot a little bit, for you to dream about what my God what God might do in your life or what he might do in the people around you that he loves, we're going to show our baptism video of, uh, of our last baptism and just celebrate together what God is literally doing in this community in the hearts and the people that he loves. So let's watch this together. Oh, that's good. And um, when I think of um, everything that happened to get us out here six years ago, one of the coolest things for me is that I know that God had everybody up there on mind. And I know he had you in mind because he loves you. And one of the greatest things, you guys, is he's not done. I'm so glad God is never done and he's never finished working in our lives. And so uh, I know all of you came in and you should have got a piece of cardboard and a pen and I'd love for you to pull that out right now as we close our service. And the reason we want to do that is that you notice everybody there had something that they were, and then they flipped it over to something that God had done within them. And what we want to ask you to do on this day right here, as uh, Julie begins to lead us in our worship, <clears throat> is at any time during this worship, if you have something, a vision for the road ahead for this year, 
that you want to see God do in your life, in your family, in your heart, if there's something that you wanted, that you would love next year to be able to go, bam, he did this in me. We want you just to write that down. Because we believe that he does, whether it means I want you to know me more or I want you to be in a deeper community or I want you to be finally free to totally give your life away and to be a stream of living water, whatever it is. We just know that this year, I'm hoping for me that God will do something new for my family and for every one of us. And I'm just so grateful that that's what he does. So as we close right now, make this your worship to God in your own heart and say, God, this is what I want to see you do. I think some of you, God might be saying to you, this is what I want to do. (laughs) And you'll write that one down as you flip it over, okay? And then whenever you want to, as we worship, there are two cardboard boxes up here. Just bring your piece of cardboard up and throw it in here. And we're going to have some good time with the stuff in the the weeks ahead, okay? So let's rise together, let's stand together, and let's finish off uh, this anniversary with a celebration of the one who loves us, who gives his life for us, and has amazing plans ahead. Let's do it together.